Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So The Black Godfather is about Clarence Avant, a name that you should know but you don't know. He is linked to the careers of many uh, famous musicians from Snoop Dogg going back to Quincy Jones and everybody in the middle. Every time I thought, okay, it's kind of wrapping up, then it would suddenly be like, and also Snoop Dogg and Jay-Z <laughs> and Notorious B.I.G. and like, you know, the big hip-hop world of the 90s. I'm all about hidden stories and people you don't know about. The Black Godfather, Clarence Avant, is up there with the best of them. And I think it's we should know about him. And it's and it's it's a great watch. Hello, film fans. Thanks for joining us today. In the remote Flixwatcher studio, we have Karen. Hello. Lizzie. Hi. And as always, Kobe. Hello. And we're gonna be talking about the Black Godfather. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans. Joining us today we have Karen and Lizzie. If you could please say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do please. Yes, I'm uh, Lizzie Simpson. I mostly work with scripts. I just left the BBC and I'm just about to go back to the BBC, (laughs) both time in BBC Children's. Um, I'm about to start working on something called Jojo and Gran Gran um, as assistant script editor um, I also make short films. I uh, my last one was a spoken word dance film about the experience of being mixed race, and I just talk. I you know create spoken word poetry uh, for five minutes, talking about my hair and how that can be used as a tool to discuss much larger concepts like the experience of growing up with a black father and white mother, and all of the complicated, confusing things that come along the ride of that so what what did you leave the bbc for where are you going to what are you going to do now with the beep so i was in development and uh my contract came to an end and um i was about to leave a really crazy thing happened to me uh, that i had like four job offers 
and had this just crazy experience of like going from not knowing what I'm going to do with my life to having way too many options about what I'm going to do with my life. But anyway, I left the BBC. I was working in development and um, I'm coming back to the BBC to work in production. So it's going to be a little bit of a different experience, mm. but I've worked a little bit in production before and I'm just, I, I really enjoy the fast paced nature of stuff like that. So yeah, I'm ready. And uh, Karen, who are you? So I'm Karen Gabay. I am a TV producer. I'm a talent producer in TV and a story producer working on music documentaries, history documentaries, sometimes a touch of royal documentaries, popular culture docs as well. And I'm also a radio presenter, I've worked for the BBC, presenting a weekly show uh, for some time. And I also sometimes work for network radio reporting and presenting specials and I make my own films as well about I thought you were going to say you make your own tea yeah Uh. I do make my own tea (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I make my own films about how Caribbean migrants integrated and lived and worked and enjoyed life as a community and how that linked to other migrant communities in Manchester a story that's not often talked about it's always talked about in like silos and um you know, the Italian, Sikh, Caribbean community all kind of uh, lived and worked together in synergy. So I document that history. And I've got to jump in a little bit. When you walk into the BBC and the reception, there is a giant <laughs> photograph of Karen just watching you, looking down at you, making sure that you're not acting out. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. Is this Karen? Is this in Salford, is it? Manchester? It and Salford? is. I'm illuminated. Yeah. <laughs> One of my former universities at uh, Salford University at uh, Media City. Yeah, um, Right, Karen, you talked about documentaries, you talked about music documentaries. It's no surprise to me, Helen's nodding away, so maybe not a surprise to her that you chose a Black Godfather. Uh, can you tell us why you chose it? Maybe I've just answered it for you and all the listeners, and then give us the synopsis in 60 seconds or less. I've chose this documentary because often in music and the arts, we only ever hear about the artist or the key player in in a, on an album or in a film. We don't hear about the person who orchestrates how those people got together and what happens behind the scenes. And The Black Godfather is surely about the most connected man in the music industry. And so that's why I chose it. And it's a joy to to watch. And it's not a puff piece. We say in um, uh, in TV that sometimes in music, people want a puff piece. They want to come out all shiny and everything was all nice and perfect. And they don't want to give you the real story. And we get the real story in this. Okay. I'm going to get the timer out. And one minute starts now. So The Black Godfather is about Clarence Avant a name that you should know, but you don't know. He is linked to the careers of many uh, famous musicians from Snoop Dogg, going back to Quincy Jones and everybody in the middle. And the people whose careers he's helped include the right-hand man of Martin Luther King, Soul Train, Barack Obama, and he talks about his life. He's now 91. So the documentary is about his life and how he moved through his career with social history as a backdrop. Awesome. Um, I hadn't heard of him before. Lissy, Helen, have you heard of him before? Um, I am ashamed to say that I, I hadn't 
um, I was watching the whole film. And I was like, I'm, it's incredible that I've never heard of this guy because <laughs> like, I've heard of every single person around him. Um, <laughs> I think, well, yeah. well, that's what documentaries are about, aren't they? Sometimes to know, just to learn in an, in an entertaining way um, about something you didn't know about before. And even, you know, Amy Winehouse documentary, I knew of her. I knew her, I'd seen her live. I thought she was amazing. I had two of her albums. I have two of her albums. It's it's still great to see stuff uncovered, but it's it's all it's it's like a whole new like mind scene when you don't know the person, and then you find out all all the stuff is connected to it. It's it's really awesome in that respect sometimes. But you know, when this documentary starts, you know, you always have your main players and your big names, don't you, in the first sixty seconds or the first two minutes. And they just keep coming, don't they? <laughs> That's the thing that, you know, when you watch it again, you're like, he knows so many people. And it's not just in passing. As you go through the documentary, it's not somebody, oh, you know, I met him once, twice, which is what people say in the industry. He played a key role in their careers or in events that they wanted to organise. And, and that's what's so incredible about it. You know, Quincy Jones is in there, Babyface, and the late Andre Harrell, who's behind Mary J. Blige and, you know, Uptown Records, he's in there, you know. Bill Withers. Bill Withers, Kamala Harris, mm. Rodriguez, you know, Dennis Coffey, yeah, yeah. you know, there's all these people. Rodriguez, I mean, that's Searching for Sugar Man, there's a documentary about someone you never knew before existed. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I need to know about this guy. Right at the end, um, it, so I was stunned by the end, actually, because I like every time I thought, okay, it's kind of wrapping up, then it would suddenly be like, um, and also Snoop Dogg and Jay-Z <laughs> and Notorious B.I.G. and like, you know, the big hip hop um, world of the 90s. And it's just, yeah, it's just crazy how it just kept going and going and going. And then after that, I thought, okay, now it's coming to a close. And then suddenly the interviewer goes, and how, how was it to be the son of him? And I was like, no, they can't. I was like looking at the timer. I was like, there's 10 minutes left of the film. How can they ask such a big question right at the end of the <laughs> film? It's, yeah, it, there's so many points where I was like, you could make a film just off of this little segment that is part of the film. Uh, what are your thoughts, Helen? So... I'd never heard I'd never heard of the documentary and I hadn't heard of Clarence so I was really looking forward to watching this because I I've got big interest in music and it was kind of showing like lots of so many names in this but I struggled a little bit and I think it was because of the the documentary I don't think the documentary really captured like Clarence because he came across as this man who was lived like a pretty insane life but the the documentary didn't really bring him to life lots of people were saying how great he was and how amazing he was but I don't think I left knowing who he who he was as a person and I really wanted to get to know him more I didn't I don't really care what Bill Clinton has to say I wanted to hear more of parents so there's loads of things I really loved and I really 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 like enjoyed watching all of the old soul train clips now that's a documentary i would really love to see but i wanted to get more into clarence and i wanted to feel as though i knew him more and i think it's just a fault maybe of the documentary it just felt a little bit a little bit long and it was a bit of a disappointment for me but i think karen you probably would have done a better job of it given your credentials so i don't know maybe 
maybe it wasn't maybe they didn't really understand the music as much maybe they could they could have done something a bit more exciting I don't know and it was it was a bit long which is a real shame because I really wanted to kind of like find out more about this guy I think the um my favorite bits were definitely when he was to when he was talking and him and um Quincy Jones were like riffing off each other They, they were definitely my favorite parts of the of the film but I think it's hard and I understand what you're saying Helen I think it's there's an embarrassment of riches of people he's helped so it's it's difficult not to have the documentary include as many of those famous people as possible. A, a to get it seen by many people, but a but, but b to kind of like say this is someone you don't know, and he, and he also helps them, and he also helped them as well, and from completely different genres of music from decades apart, and it's 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 kind of insane. But I do I, I do agree with what you're saying. Maybe Karen would have made a better documentary. I'm sure she would have done. Um, but I still, I still enjoyed it nonetheless because I, th- I do um, I do think there's a lot to kind of take away from it. I think I feel disappointed by it because I think, you know, I've met people like Clarence and the thing is that, you know, those moments in time that are documented are seismic. They are huge, mm. you know, and, and I think, you know, maybe you have to uh, be part of that culture to to know that or maybe realize that i don't know but you know um they you know the the fact of him preventing soul train being taken off the air can you imagine if that happened mm. you know so you've got to get that in you know the the impact of emmett till i'm sure he wanted that in mm. because it's huge it's still being talked about now so, that, so well, the fact that he wasn't interested well he's he was aware of the civil rights movement but didn't get involved until Emmett Till happens. Yeah, so I think there's uh, elements of yeah, so there's elements of that, uh, and so there's so much that you've got to get in about the impact. Then I think that's maybe why, because I know he was involved in Louis Armstrong. Because before it came out, I had people badgering me about talking to him, and and so I think there's still a lot left out. But the other thing I will say, at making documentaries, which may have been part of the problem, I don't know. I know Nelson George, so I should ask him. Nelson George is the guy who produced it. Is um that sometimes you think when there's the older, uh, the, the elder statesmen and stateswomen of the music industry, it's easy to get them to do the sit down interviews that you want so you can make your documentary. It's incredibly hard. Mm. And I get even the fact that they were talking to him in the car on his way to sit that man down and pin him down might have been a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> because very busy um, man <laughs> yeah and I think that even though you think uh, he's retired clearly hasn't and and so that's sometimes what impacts and then he, and, you know and so that might have been part of the issue because you know his family were all on board and um and he's definitely on board and he's got Quincy there but I think you can see from when you watch it he sat down with Quincy and he sat in a car and maybe it was problematic to get him to do much more than that I don't know but that's just sometimes when you're on the inside of it you know that sometimes that's why you're left a little bit wanting I agree a little bit though um with you Helen that like the bit where it goes into like how he was called like sweet potato all throughout his childhood I was like I'd love to know more about his childhood and why he was called sweet potato because I feel like it just gives you a glimpse of why he is the man that he became it's just like there were a lot of people that kept saying, you know, he's, he's, he's driven by money. He's driven by money. He likes to bring up like, you know, you're not paying me for this. You're not paying me for this. So how much are you going to pay me for this? Um, and I just think that, uh, you have to kind of like look at his whole life and see each little, little factor. And I think, um, 
there are other things that I think that I'd love to know more about, like, you know, his relationship with his stepfather and like the difficult like childhood that he had. And when he, you know, had to call on his friends to help him from, you know, going like bankrupt. Um, I think those were really interesting. And I just, I guess the difficulty is that it's hard to find the people, especially mm. with his childhood, to actually like comment on it. Um, and, and it's even more hard to find the footage. I think, um, they, I guess the, the filmmakers had this wealth of material for them from the other stages of his life. And I guess mm. he probably wanted it to be a more positive thing that it would have been really interesting to get a little bit more from that side of him. And his family life, I was reading up on him after, obviously, as you do, uh, when you finish a, doc- a documentary or a biography and you think, wait, what? I need to read more than that. Um, so his daughter's married to Ted Sarandos, who is one of the founders of, of Netflix. Maybe not founder, but the chief chief executive of Netflix. So it's wow, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> the uh, yeah, he's he's his, the head of Netflix. I think he is. is his, yeah, his, his co chief exec at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. makes sense how he got a film called The Black Godfather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and his daughter was wit for Barack, didn't she? As well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the, yeah. this kind of this kind of amazingness or. I guess trend runs in the family in some way because that's that's yeah you work for a Barack and then you high up in the media industry you probably just find no I'm not going to go down that route but that's it's it's great to um kind of see how that, that that expands out a bit yeah I mean the sad thing is about his wife um Jacqueline isn't it it's very beautiful she was murdered last year in the family home and mm. again the amount the outpouring of of people who knew him and who knew her. Uh, was was just incredible uh, about how important they were to people's careers, but also how kind they were as people. And uh, she's, I think she's just a real asset to the film as well, because often you don't hear about what life was like for a couple starting out. And I felt they were very honest about that. You know, they were very, very honest about the beginnings of their marriage and their relationship. Mm. And 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 you got that insight. And often, being frank, you know, men in the business don't have the wives in documentaries, unless it's an ex-wife who's going to have a, you know, who's who's kind of dragged in to to give a couple of quips about something. So I thought that, um, yeah, it is a very interesting, very very interesting character. And you know, this he had to keep some of it back, didn't he? Because Quincy was really kind of pushing to say, you know. Yeah, he's a kind and generous man, but to be an agent and to be a manager, there's a real harshness uh, yeah. that that comes across. And you know, you hear the word brusque a couple of times, and you, you, I would have loved to hear some of those stories apart from the the Jimmy Smith story. I would have loved to hear some more about what those clashes were with people, what really went down, because he didn't seem as if he was somebody about shy about. <laughs> about what what he had to say about a situation i think uh, maybe it's it's missing that drama isn't it yeah you i think i think with the documentary you you kind of expect some things to like shock you or you to expect something and then they go but it, this really happened and and that was what was missing with it because i think the bits that stood out for me were the bits where he didn't have the success with the the radio station and i wanted wanted to hear how he obviously bounced back from that and how that made him feel and like the parting of him and Bill Withers, you could tell that was like a really emotional time. And I think with the kind of having all those famous people say how great and how brilliant he was, somehow it kind of like sort of glosses over how 
you know, making sure that black people got paid, you know, this is like a huge thing. And it sort of felt as though the, the, it was glossed over a little bit. And some of the like the bigger moments maybe got hidden by all the famous people jumping in there. So, yeah, I just think it's a bit of a missed opportunity for telling his life for me, unfortunately. But it's interesting that because I think um, I've raised sometimes in terms of music and black music about people being reticent about talking about these things. And what I've been told, particularly in America, that if you go that far, the backlash against you is huge. And sometimes we don't kind of like really understand that, but it's incredibly, incredibly huge. And people literally get them in their acts, they get pulled from things. Hmm. And so, you know, and I did a podcast about three years ago and the, with a couple of key plays in, in magazines. I'm like, you really don't understand what happens when people really, truly speak out. That's why in terms of the world of music, there's a handful of black people, John Legend, Common, who speak out, the people with power and money don't. So I think that that's perhaps why um, you don't you don't get that element. It's It might feel tame, but I, I know repeatedly when I challenge that, and I do documentaries and people will tell you off the record. And I know people generally tell you off the record, but off the record stories, people are really like, this has to stay off the record. I'm not putting that on on, on tape. I'm just not doing it. So again, I think that that's yeah, maybe why. It's a shame because that's how the things that happen, you know, Me Too can still prevail. Because yeah. people are scared. And not just music, but across the entertainment industry and in any in any place where there's, a, where there's a massive imbalance of power or, or few people can dictate the success or not of, of um, other people. And, uh, yeah, I can completely agree. I, I, I would have thought there'd be so many stories that he's just not willing to or able to say or may, may be uncovered once he's passed away or, or something like that. But first of all, and also... In the documentary, I was expecting him to to have died. It well, died during the making of it. I didn't. I didn't realize it was done initially. I, I thought it was talking about him, his life after he mm. passed, not um, still into it. So I thought it was really good, you know, a great time to catch him because he's still you know, very lucid. Had that banter with with Quincy Jones, who's always a great per- person to see on TV and film and stuff like that. You get glimpses though of the straight talking businessman. There's a bit where he says someone was going to get fired. Um, a black a black man was going to get fired, and so he heard about it, and he went off to this room, which was full of like white execs, and he <laughs> just said, "If you don't do this, I'm going to do this to you and that to you." And then he just like says, "I wasn't going to do anything to them. You know? <laughs> I just had to get them scared." Like, <laughs> and it's just it gives you an idea that he, he probably did go in there and grind a few bust some balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else, guys, want to say before we head to the scores? Yeah, the other thing that I want to say, which is important, and it also shows um, how ahead of his time he was, is when he's talking about Dennis Coffee. So people might not know Dennis Coffee, which they should have said is was part of the Temptation sound, you know, this big, like, psychedelic wall of sound. And he's part of Motown. He was, you know, one mm. of the Funk Brothers. And so he signs him. And he's an incredible musician. And then he talks about signing other white acts and Rodriguez. And that is also something that would have been incredibly uh, brave of him to do at the time because as he, he hints, you know, he's getting a backlash from the black community about why are you doing that? And then he's obviously hearing it from the other side. And he talks about Rodriguez taking 40 plus years to hit. Mm. And I think that that's another element of why it's important to kind of watch this documentary because I think, you know, if you can say where you want to know more, we could all kind of push to say we want to know more about these stories, but 
there's nobody was doing that then and you know they talk about as well the fact of the acts that he that he put forward as well like Bill Withers was not the actors they talk about was not the person you expect to be a huge artist so much so the reason why it all kind of goes quiet with Bill Withers Bill Withers walks away from the music industry he says it's not for him so he walks away and he, and he just never sings again until, you know, until like very kind of recently. So he's got this ability to pick out talent. Look at Jam and Lewis, Janet Jackson, you know, Prince, you know, he's linked to all those people. Yeah. But Janet, Janet is Michael's sister. So what were what, what other people playing at? <laughs> yeah, well, they wanted her to be, which was the whole thing. They wanted her to be this twee because she's a little girl and she's the, you know, the, the baby sister. They put her in this box of they wanted her to be a pop princess, didn't they? And 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 that's the you know, and Jam and Louis saw something different. But again, it's it's this whole thing about him always being ahead of the curve, you know, and he wasn't as the kind of saying, he he wasn't a young guy still at that time, uh, but he was still ahead of the curve. So I think that's just a, another element of why it's important to watch. I think you go away. You know, as Lizzie was saying, that he, he keeps going every time you think his career's coming to an end. But every time, if you do a little search on each of those acts, you'll be amazed at about how um, incredibly talented he was at about picking out star power. Well, guys, let's head to the scores. Hello, I'm Hannah Flint from the First Film Club a film podcast series dedicated to established and emerging talent, both in front of and behind the camera, and the feature debuts that launch their careers. From the new drama Mass to the cult classic Heathers, each episode is dedicated to a film, a guest, and the behind-the-scenes stories, memories, and advice from their time on set. Find us, The First Film Club, wherever you listen to your stripped media podcasts. Come join the club. So welcome to our Flixwatcher scores. The scores are out of five. You may have decimal places. And we'll start with you, please, Karen, with your recommendability. I'm going to say five because I'm all about hidden stories and people you don't know about. And when you look back through the, the Canada of people in the world of music, the Black Godfather, Clarence Avant, is up there with the best of them. And I think it's we should know about him. And it's and it's it's a great watch. Let's see. I'm gonna say four point five. I think that it's tricky because everything that I would want a little bit more of, I understand why there can't be that little bit more of. And I and yeah, it's just that like little feeling of like, oh, I just want like a little and because there are so many different things, I honestly I'd be happy if it was a TV series and I got like a good like half hour to 45 minutes just dedicated mm. to each thing that came up because I was like I was like he's in music then he's in baseball and then he's in like politics and I'm like and it's just crazy to see someone who literally just said I'm going to do all these things and literally did do all those things especially a black man in America in a time where you know Emmett Till gets yeah, and, and he, like he's lived through pretty huge events. Yes. Um, uh, it's yeah, it's just crazy. Um, and I yeah, anything that has like a jazz soundtrack is gonna <laughs> win me in. I just I find it really exciting to just hear the music and to just like get that sense of what was going on in the world. 
Um, I just wish that there was there was more on sweet potato. <laughs> and can I just add though, and the reason why there isn't a, a series, this is my bugbear, is because people always say nobody wants to know about him. That is why it's documentary on Netflix, because that would have been pitched time and time again. And somebody will say, nobody wants to watch more of that. Tell you that's facts. <laughs> Helen. See, this is why we should have got you, Karen, to make it. Um, I'm so conflicted. It's, I just think this is a wasted opportunity to really tell a story. And I, I would have preferred a bit more kind of like context and a bit more info about the times and a bit more background about some of the, the record labels and a bit more contextual settings rather than like Bill Clinton being in there or some of the other celebs because I just think I don't think I got enough from it and I'm, I'm just like really really frustrated but it's a great place to start I guess just wish it had been made better uh so I, I'm gonna give it a four just it's it's quite long and I think you should probably go into it maybe having a good sort of knowledge of Motown a little bit and a bit of kind of like if you have a pretty good American history of music already then you'll probably be able to fill in some of the gaps and appreciate it a bit more but coming in for me a a bit cold even though I know a little bit about music and kind of like Motown and a little bit like that I I still felt I was I just didn't get as much out of it as I probably could. Um, I'm going for 4.3 I yeah really enjoyed it like let's see, I think I, I think I would have preferred a TV series based off it, and I don't. If it's engaging, I don't mind about the length. Um, I loved the OJ Simpson documentary, which was like eight hours. I loved the the Last Dance about the Chicago Bulls, which was I don't know eight, eight to ten hours. I loved the the Get Back, which was eight hours. If it's engaging, then you know I'm in it. I'm in it for the long haul, and it would have been I think nicer to have some of the stories expanded upon, but then. You know, not everyone's like Peter Jackson, who has the benefit of a treasure trove of the Beatles over over four weeks. One person I'd love to see a longer documentary of is um, Questlove's um, Summer of Soul. And hopefully there's, there's more to come out of that because the you know, content there would be amazing. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I see, I, I get some of Helen's frustrations, but at the same time, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, repeat viewing score, Karen. Uh, the repeat viewing score, I say 4.2. Because I get what you're saying as well, Helen. I, I do. It does irk me sometimes when celebs are in it just for the sake of it. But they're not in it for the sake of it. But I just think it's 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 funny. It's amusing. Uh, some of the some of the uh, little anecdotes that you get from Quincy and Clarence and the record label that he comes up with, the way he comes up with that name, just makes me smile. You can always suspect. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, you can never watch enough Soul Train. So it's really great <laughs> to kind of like to see that and hear a touch of that story. So I, I I definitely think it's something you would want to watch again and maybe watch with different people as well, see what they kind of, what they get out of, of seeing and hearing Clarence's story. Lissy? I think I'm going to go for five. Wow. Um, because when Karen was talking about it, I was talk- I was thinking about, like all the little things that I watched, I thought something or I felt something and then I moved on. <laughs> and um, also the fact that we've been talking about um, just each little thing in his life where I'm just like, the, there are so many things that I feel like I need to Google now. And I think um, 
yeah, like his relationship with like Quincy Jones just reminds me of like, <laughs> just like people I know in real life, just like mm. the way, and I think it's, uh, it's like Jamie when he's like, um, like it's just watching two homies. Like it's just the way that they like just get at each other um, is really nice. And then you've also got like the historical side. Um, and I am a big fan of Motown, and I think it's really interesting the like shift after Motown and how like it kind of was this huge thing and then it fell apart. And how do you like rebuild and what's it going to look like? And um, just like seeing a lot of artists kind of like rise up, I find interesting as well. But it's also the fact that there were so many things that I didn't know about and the fact that I didn't know who he was just kept like blowing my mind because like, I was just like, he there's, yeah, I think it is the amount of celebs that in a way grounded it for me because I was like, okay, I understand what they're talking about. I understand who they're talking about, but just the fact that I didn't know who he was um, just, yeah, I think there's so many things that I could go back, watch it again, either by myself or with someone else, um, whether they're older than me, younger than me. Um, like the, the hip hop bit was like another really big bit for me where I just felt like I was thrown back into it because like that was a massive part of like my teenage years, <laughs> just listening to like old Biggie tracks where it's just, there's lots of little like, like layers to it. It's like, um, to quote Shrek, it's like, it's an onion and there's lots of layers that you can peel back and um, get something from each time. So I think, yeah. Helen? Notorious documentaries that I, I'm trying to think if there's any that I've repeat viewed, probably maybe one or two. Um, so I'm probably very unlikely to go back to, to this one just because it's a documentary and I don't rewatch them. So 1.5. <gasps> Oh, <laughs> I just don't watch them. Sorry. No, yeah. It's- Historically on Flix Watcher, documentaries do tend to get a low repeat viewing score. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 policy. I'm not sure I'm watching again, but I'd like to see any spin-off documentaries that come I'd as a result. I'd love to see a Soul Train one. Is there a Soul Train one? No, because the footage is very expensive. But did you know okay. that he'd also done a Summer of Soul? And that was another key thing that I thought I need to, to look into. He'd done a concert as well. And there was a clip of Marvin Gaye in the, in the in the documentary as well so i'm sure that people are probably on to him about releasing the full footage of that concert as well because you uh, you rarely see that i've never seen that shown before it gave me a, some a similar feeling watching black godfather to summer of soul where it just felt like it was really like joyful but also business but also music <laughs> yeah yeah uh karen small screen score I'd give that a five. It's, it's, you know, it's perfectly perfect to watch on the, the small screen because um, you don't feel that you're missing anything if you're watching it on your TV or your or your iPad because that's the one thing is that there's not enough bursts of music for you to feel that you need to see that on the big screen or see these people on the big screen. So for me, perfectly happy to sit at home watching this with my popcorn or having people around definitely, you know, to, to sit and watch it and reminisce about parts of the history that they remember, um, get the family up trying to do a soul train line in the front room. Works for me. Lissy. I'm going to go back to 4.5. Um, but I have mixed feelings. I think that on the one hand you could have it like a podcast and you just put it on mm. your phone put your headphones in, walk down the street and just like listen to it and think of what it makes you think of and like the images that pop into your head. But I also think on the other side of things that 
there is something about like seeing like the just the way that things were and all the like musicians performing just adds like another element to it and i think if you can get it um if i could see it in the cinema i would go and see it in the cinema <laughs> um just because like surround sound and just like the feeling i think when especially when you've got like the jazzy tunes you just need to give them the respect that they're due and <laughs> just appreciate it for what it's worth but yeah so i think 4.5 helen so yeah definitely a five for this one um documentaries unless they're kind of landscapey ones don't really need to go and see in the seat in the in the cinema so yeah perfect that it's on and it's kind of weird like i feel that maybe i'm i missed this one i don't know when it came out but it's kind of weird that netflix haven't done more to kind of promote it so um it's not weird that's how netflix works yeah. <laughs> yeah it's very much word of mouth at the beginning people were really talking about it it was pre-lockdown saying this is a must see uh but yeah they didn't they didn't they didn't push it it was a lot of people talking about it uh, that i think that's what brought it to to most people's attention really it's a bit it was a bit buried netflix seemed to pick one kind of show that they're going to yes. promote the absolute hell out of and yeah. um, will not let you forget that it exists whether it's a good show or a bad show um the one at the moment that i every i had to unfollow them on everything because i just couldn't take any more about heartstopper i'm not you know a, a teenager it doesn't appeal to me yeah it's everywhere but you know what's interesting with um the black godfather it's just really surprising that they did not trail the hell out of Jamie Foxx doing the impression of Quincy Jones. Because <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Did he do another impression, Jamie Foxx? The, the the high note singer, I can't remember who it was, but it was as we're getting more into like the 80s. And yeah. I can't, I remember the song, but I can't remember the singer. So and he was doing when, the... <laughs> when I, um, and just a bit of Inside of Baseball, this is, this. by the time this episode comes out, Lissy and Karen have been on an episode talking about Baby Driver, which features Jamie Foxx, and he's always he's always a presence, even in things like um, uh, where he played Motherfucker Jones. I can't remember the name of the, sh- the film now, um, but he he always elevates it. Yeah. And when I first saw him in Ray, I literally gobsmacked. And he's so I think, good in that. Yeah, it's just it's one of the best. I think it's the best musical document, best musical biography I've ever seen. Um, and then he goes he has a you know a singing career and I like his music and I don't normally like um like male R and B but him and John Legend are like mm. those guys are amazing. Um but this guy he can do impressions, he's he's funny, he can do stand up, he can do action. It's just like it's just, just ridiculous that they just mm. haven't used it. It's just it just makes no sense at all. People <laughs> just even fast forward for that bit alone. You could just have that on repeat, couldn't you? Um, so let's go to engagement score, mm. Karen. Five, of course, because you just <laughs> uh, because um, you're taken in by what's being said to you at the time, and then you're just like hit, like you know, straight through the eyes with with the next instalment in Clarence's life, mm. um, or, or the next deal, as he likes to talk. Because he said he is he, all about the deals, the next deal that he pulls off. So I think you, you just default. For me, I know uh, you, you you might feel it's a bit long, but I uh, was just totally engrossed in terms of what was coming, what's coming next, 
with him uh, and and just very present in in what he had to say. I think it's coming just you know from the from the perspective of being in music, you know, think about the fact that he stayed in the business for over seven decades. And you get that sense as you're watching it. You get the sense that the fact that he made it to being an adult was was mm. tricky anyway, because he came from poverty and you know, and he came from small beginnings. But then the fact that he's able each decade to to hit yet again is incredible. It is kind of insane because many times in in your in, if you stayed in the same industry, and many times you can tap out and say that this Motown's not for me, or when Motown finishes, like. Neo Soul's not for me or whatever, it's, but he's, he's there. A lot of people would have tapped out at the, um, as hip hop took its took yes. a hold. Um, but he's like, nah, yeah. a lot of people just not, not appreciate Janet Jackson for what she was. And I mean, Mary J. Blige, she would, she would, she would have transcended, I would have thought. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting point you made there, Karen. So, um, let's see, engagement score. Um, I think 4.7. I think that each bit itself is really engaging. I think that sometimes it just needs a bit more breathing room for you to like reflect on what you've just learned, Mm. which is why I go back to like how it'd be great if it was a TV series, because then you'd get like digestible bites that you could just kind of like ruminate on for a little bit. Yeah. Helen. I'm a little bit lower. I'm going to go with a four. Um, I had to watch this in two goes because it was, it was quite quite a lot to take in and because I just needed the extra kind of context and like who are they and who were they at the time and was that Janet Jackson you were looking at no actually and Janet Jackson's in my note because like what a great album that was like she just yeah so great (laughs) they could have like cut the bit about Michael and just had more Janet and I would have been a bit more happy but yeah Janet like she was done dirty to the by the Super Bowl different story um, yeah. So yeah, I had I was doing a lot of um, research on the side while I was watching it to try and catch up with all the names that were coming at me and make sure I kind of knew who they were. So it's like you're almost hyper engaged. Yes, um, yeah, doing homework at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for five. Why not? Like I said at the start, I thought it was gonna end up and and Clarence Avon died and uh, said I was a weirdly morbid kind of thread pulling me through but also i just again gobsmacked at the fact that this guy's had and there would be many of these guys um you know even through it's like warren buffett a lot of people don't know who he is but he's like one of the richest people in the world but doesn't do anything he's not he's not an elon musk type of person there are a lot of these 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 men and women who just are legends within within their fields but people outside their field will know literally nothing about them uh, that gives us an overall score of 4.29375, which must be one of our highest documentaries. Um, we don't, we can't filter on that, but it's definitely, definitely got to be up there. <laughs> Pretty strong. Yeah. Good. I'm glad um, that I didn't fail you. <laughs> <laughs> you introduced us to, to Clarence, like before, yeah. before then, had no idea. So thank yeah. you. Three other people. Did you know about Clarence before this, before you watched this documentary, Karen? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In, insider knowledge. Yeah. Just, I think, as I said, about a couple of years before it's made, people started to ramp up saying, do you know about this man? Mm. Um, you know, uh, you need to speak to him. And um, and I was supposed to have a conversation with him, he wanted to speak to me. And then uh, I have to say that when I saw that it was on Netflix, the documentary had already been done, it was, I was gutted because I was going to say, I'll make a documentary about you. But hey, I'm a big Jimmy Smith fan as well. But 
they got you them for me. the TV series, Karen. This could yeah. be it. <laughs> and that leaves us, uh, like I said, 4.29375. Lissy and Karen, can you sign off by letting everyone know where we can find you online? And then we'll say goodbye to, goodbye to all the listeners. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Lissy Shoots and my website is lissysimpson.co.uk. You can find me at Kazgabay, K-A-Z, Kazgabay on Instagram and Twitter. And my website is karengabay.co.uk, Soul of Manchester. You can find me there and you can find me on BBC Sounds. And if you search for the people, you'll find my radio show there as well. Lots of great music people people from the world of arts and social affairs issues on there and just to quickly say some people have been on prince's engineer peggy mccreary ashanti's coming up the ashanti mm. so yeah check out bbc sounds uh thank you very much guys it's been an absolute pleasure to talk about clarence avant uh, under your guys there karen thank thanks you. for coming on bye, bye. bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixwatcherPod on Twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood audio tell them flicks what she sent you you just heard a stripped media production <laughs>